I got a phone call last night from a friend. They were discussing Better Call Saul, and they were talking about our podcast. I don't think they actually listen. There's two guys talking about it. And basically, they were trying to credit us for giving the show the idea that Saul Goodman is like the pun on It's All Good Man. <laughs> and I said, no. I said, I guarantee you Vince Gilligan wrote the name of the character based on that pun back in Breaking Bad. And they're trying to say mm-hmm. that since they haven't done that whole reveal of why he changed his name to Saul Goodman because it's Saul Goodman, that the name of our mm-hmm. podcast might have been the inspiration for that. And I said, I'm very flattered, well, and I thank you for trying to give me that credit. But there's no way in hell the name of our show influenced the writers <laughs> <laughs> to explain why Saul Goodman chose that name. Yeah, well, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to take credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. Hey, it's all good, man. It's all good, man. Hey, hey, it's all good, man. Ladies and gentlemen, this is It's All Good. Better. Better Call Saul Podcast. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, is Miserable Dave. <laughs> miserable Dave, how you doing? Too hot. Too hot. Too hot in a hot tub. Awesome. Dave and I also host a Nothing Important Podcast. You can find that at nothingimportantpodcast.com, where we talk to people more successful and famous than we will ever be. Also, you can find myself and our perennial third, Mike Jeff, on A Pumice Among Us, the Rickest Rick and Morty Podcast. You can uh, contact us about that show on Twitter at Apumbus Among Us. Thank you for turning off the fan, Dave. You're welcome. All right. It's going to get hot and steamy in here. That's why I'm miserable. Right on. Right on. Right on. <laughs> heat wave. Middle right. heat wave. But things are heating up on Better Call Saul. <laughs> hey, nice segue. segue. All right. We are talking about Better Call Saul, episode 308, titled Slip. Slip. Nice, 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 nice. All right, Dave, uh, real quick, what did you think about this episode, Dave? I liked it. Mm-hmm. I like it. There's a lot more multiple multiple plot lines are coming to a head. Mm-hmm. You got to see a little bit of some action go down and setting up for more action. Yeah. I wish there was a little bit more with Mike, but I guess that's just setting up for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it seemed to move by really quickly. Yeah, it did. It went, I remember we uh, were having some... Um, buffering issues mm-hmm. and it was about halfway through we were both kind of like wow we're halfway through the episode already yeah it's crazy right yeah okay maybe that's just because we watched it together mm-hmm. we don't usually do that mm-hmm. well yeah. it was nice to hold your hand and just cuddle with you for a bit yeah it was nice <laughs> i like being the big spoon once in a while mm-hmm. indeed indeed all right so we open up uh we open up to a scene uh obviously it's some sort of storefront and the locks are being busted off the door and uh jimmy and our boy Marco. That's right, Mel Rodriguez. Yeah, who just looks like he's a super nice guy, even on Better Call Saul. You just look at him, you're like, that guy's a nice guy. Exactly, friend of the show. <laughs> he's been on our show before. We'll try to get him back on, see if we can chat with him again. Yeah, uh, he's he's been doing a lot of uh, projects since we spoke to him last, and it's good to see him return. Good. Yeah, he good was so him. nice the last so time we nice. talked to him. So nice. Such a cool dude. So, um, yeah, definitely Jimmy, not a butthole. Definitely not a butthole. Uh, Jimmy and Marco are breaking into the old McGill gas station. That's right. Looking for something. Mm-hmm. Looking yeah, for something. in the ceiling tile, which apparently is just uh, a Band-Aid box full of coins. Yeah, full of uh, rare 
coins mm-hmm. that are used in scams, which we yeah. saw in season one. Yeah, that's some pretty good foresight, I guess, for a young Jimmy McGill is to yeah. recognize rare coins. Well, Let's, I guess if you're a scam artist, you know, yeah, you know what's you know how to make that scam. Yep, and you mentioned that uh, Marco used the term. He, he referred to somebody as a butthole, so it's yeah. good to see such an immature and benign insult <laughs> uh, make its way back. Good callback, because we were a big fan of the butthole thing in the uh, yeah in the first because it's so silly. Yeah. It, it's so silly and immature, but yes, it's, it's funny. <laughs> it's like childly funny. Well, it's kind of like you know when we get together, we get silly and immature. We're much mm. more mature and responsible in our daily lives. Yep. Jimmy talks about how his uh his dad was such a nice guy. Like he he kind of Jimmy kind of feels that his dad should have never opened the gas station because he was kind of an easy target. Yeah. I he he he, he the what I got from all this was that he mistook his dad's kindness for weakness. Mm-hmm. He always felt felt that his dad was being taken advantage of mm-hmm. and he kind of did things the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And it's implied that's exactly what led to the downfall fall of uh the McGill gas station, right? Cuz right. he was too nice, he was taken advantage and over time, it just kind of took its financial toll. and Which has been addressed before, I believe. They've actually mentioned the same sentiment mm-hmm. previously. Yeah. Yep. Jimmy says he kind of, uh, he, he believes his dad should have never opened the gas station to begin with. Kind of harsh. Kind of. Kind of. But in Jimmy's world, um, you know, that's probably what he really believes. One of the things that really uh, stuck out to me was, again, um, well, Jimmy states that his dad was never going to do what he needed to do. Right. Which is a callback to the previous episode where he tells Kim, you know, like, we did what we, we have to do. So, right. So Jimmy... In Jimmy's yeah. world, what you need to do isn't the high road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that's his survival right. instinct, I guess, is you got to do what you got to do. And it, uh, Marco was kind of taken aback by that. Yeah. Because Marco's a nice guy. Like, he had that same, like, weird pause that Kim had. Yeah. When when Jimmy made a similar statement, right? Like, yeah, like, like, that's kind of extreme, dude. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. kind of like, what the fuck? Like, who is this guy, right? Like, right. It, like, to them, they might see it as, like, slightly out of character, even though he's obviously a less than honest and ethical individual that right. just seems like such a hardcore It's like another level. Yeah. 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 It's like eye opening for the people that are closest to Jimmy, right? To hear him say that, it's like, wow! Like, what what don't I know about this guy? Like, that's his attitude. Yeah, how deep does this rabbit hole go? Mm-hmm. Yep. So they get what they need. They had a couple scares because the cops were were driving by. That's just Cicero. Yeah, <laughs> that is. That's just Cicero, and uh, they eventually leave right out the back door that they just broke into. Well, like I like how Marco. They kind of give Marco this sense of naivete. I mm-hmm. guess because Jimmy's like, oh, there might be another one, and Marco was like, oh, really? Like, mm-hmm. kind of defers to Jimmy mm-hmm. all the time, and I would think that Marco would be wily enough to also think there might be more cops coming. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah, kinda interesting. Yeah, I, I, what I found uh, most interesting was before they left for good, Jimmy went back and took the Band-Aid box. Yeah, was the Band-Aid box? What we need to do is we need to go back to episode one. When he opens his hidden box of keepsakes, ah. and there's a bunch of stuff in there. I wonder if the Band-Aid box is in there. Hmm. I feel like it was. Interesting. I feel like I might have like referenced that or made some sort of joke about the contents of the box and how there was a random Band-Aid hmm. box. I went over my head. And um, Bob Odenkirk is on record saying that the contents of, 
I guess at that point, Jean's keepsake box are important. Mm. So maybe that's a good callback all the way to, you know, a couple of years ago. Season ah, one. very nice. Very yeah. nice. I bet somebody right now listening is like, yeah, dude, like it's there. <laughs> yeah. Like, Why are you even questioning this? Because we forget things sometimes. Mm-hmm. The opening is, of course, the classic Tyrantula. Tyrantula. Tyrantula, Doug. He's sleeping. Is sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> but had he not been sleeping, I'm sure he would have responded with, ha ha! <laughs> uh, Tyrantula, Doug. Smash cut. We're at the, uh, the old Oasis Motor Court sign. I don't think that's a smash cut. That's a fade in. Fade in, smash cut. <laughs> star I am, wipe. I, star wipe. Star wipe to the old Oasis Motor Court motor mm-hmm. sign. And we kind of talked about that. Was That was where, I believe, wasn't Mike hiding behind that when he ripped off Tio Salamanca yeah, the we, first time? We had talked about this before the scene played out, and then seeing how the scene played out, I think this is where he hijacked the uh, truck. Well, it has to be, right? Yeah. Because he, he exits uh, his hoopty. Uh, with a metal detector and a shovel, he kind of plants a stake. I guess for reference is probably what that's for, right? His mm-hmm. starting point, right? And then he'll just kind of like go out from that, like you know, like a radius from that point, right? And he uh, eventually finds a ring on a dead body, which has to be the driver that was killed the last time he or the first time he stood up. Not the driver, the Good Samaritan that helped the driver. The Good Samaritan, yeah, that's the guy that got murdered. Right, yeah. Right. So that must be where his body was dumped because then right. he goes on to make a phone call. It's pretty fortunate that the guy was married, I guess. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was the ring that it, that Mike's attention to detail. Off. He must have noticed that. No, he never saw the Good Samaritan. Then, then why would he be out there with his metal, I guess maybe belt buckle? Anything, yeah. Like a shot in the if dark? If you happen to have jewelry, belt yeah. buckle, I don't know if teeth fillings... Set off metal detectors. Yeah, I wonder change, if anybody lose w- change in your pocket. I wonder if anybody out there could tell us or has an idea of how Mike would have known that he would have possessed because not all metal is picked up by a metal detector, right? right? So I wonder if it was totally luck, like right, like a shot in the dark, and maybe it just happened to pan out for him. That is what he was looking for, right? Because I wasn't even sure at first if that's what he was looking for, but that has to be. It has to be why what he's, he's out looking there. for. Yeah, it's all part of his grander plan, right? So maybe he was just kind of playing the odds on that one. I think so, and hoping to find like, because uh, like I, I'm not sure if a zipper would show up in a metal detector. Yeah, I don't know. But maybe a belt buckle, rivets and jeans. I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe he just figured people have metal things on them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if anybody out there has a theory on how he would know to use a metal detector to find the body. Yeah. Or maybe it was just one of many tools that he assumed he could use to find it, and it just panned out for him. Maybe. What is it? Like, uh, opportunity is when preparation meets, or luck. luck is when opportunity, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Yeah, so maybe it's a case of that. Yeah. Maybe it's a case of luck. Okay. It's also a TV show. <laughs> luck? <laughs> I mean, sometimes things just are written into the TV show just because they have to be. We get a good scene with Chuck. He's visiting his doctor and he's talking. He he's documented his progress. Yeah, it's very very optimistic. Mm-hmm. Things are going very very well. Which is good to see Chuck not be miserable for once. Yeah, I right? noticed that. We're like, oh, Michael McKean gets to kind of be happy for a second, right? Yeah, because the only time we've even seen him remotely happy was in flashbacks with Rebecca, basically with with Rebecca. So yeah. it's good to see. Because I was even thinking he he was so happy 
uh, for a minute there, I thought that might be another time jump or like another uh, flashback. No, I, I knew that was what was going on. Like current time? Yeah. Okay. He's starting to deal, process mm-hmm. all the emotions, and, and he's excited about moving. Remember the toast to new beginnings. Mm-hmm. He's holding true to that. Yeah. And he wants to, um, he wants to, well, he says he's been, you know, this ailment for three years. Yeah, he hasn't argued a case in three years. Yeah. That's the first time we've we've heard how long he's been gone specifically, yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I did, and he was also like very optimistic. You know, he he wants to have a dinner party with music and you know like a hundred guests, right? And be surrounded by friends and be social again, colleagues and all that. Yeah, and uh, then it's good for such a miserable character. It's it's good to see. It's like uh, Mike last episode, like kind of a miserable yeah. character, but he met Anita and he was like smiling. Yeah. Pretty happy, so it's nice. Bring some levity to right to the character, but that can't last long because then he gets a little reality check, mm-hmm. and the doctor's like, you and, know, you know, in a weird way, Jimmy really did help him because he explains to right. the doctor, like, hey, I very publicly was exposed even to myself, right? That my, you know, my ailment is definitely mental, right? Yeah. Well, I think it started when the doctor told him you should probably modulate your expectations. Mm-hmm. Interesting phrasing mm-hmm. but then his reaction was kind of like oh i don't want to hear that mm-hmm. and then he kind of you know stepping down a peg or two then down a peg or two and then i like that he finally admits it might be in his head mm-hmm. but he's like well, if that's true what have i done right because he knows it's hurt hhm mm-hmm. he knows it's hurt clients a lot of introspection there yeah coming to terms with things Introspection. I'm gonna go ahead and give myself a point. Okay, four letter word for use I mean, of four syllable for, word for use of the word introspection. Nice, very yeah. nice. Thank you, thank you. Hmm. Pick up at uh, ABQ in tune, <laughs> and apparently it's their busiest week in six months. That's right, business is picked up. So Jimmy uh, is trying to negotiate some mm-hmm. more uh, commercial deals. See, advertising works. That's right. Well, Jimmy isn't really trying to negotiate for more deals. He's just basically trying to get to, to abide by the well, deal. the handshake agreement they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they don't want any part of it. No, they say haggle it. They start doing the math in their head. Right. Right? Like, why why can't we just re-air right. the same commercial? And essentially what it boils down to is why do we need you? Right. Which, Jimmy's kind of right. It is his intellectual property. Mm-hmm. It is his commercial. Mm-hmm. He is a production company. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of shitty on the on their part. And I love how they call them out. Like your crew is pretty much just like community college students. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we you don't even work for that. the TV station. Right. Yeah. He was quick to fire back though. I never said I, I, I uh, saw Goodman Productions. Yeah. Like, I never said I worked for exactly. the TV station. And they did their homework because he's obviously trying to recoup some money or maybe even make a profit. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we could just work with the station directly. Right. And he called and found out how much the, it yeah. cost. You know. Kind of dick move on their part. I think it was kind of a dick move. You totally backed out of an agreement. Yeah. Can't do that, man. Yeah. Even when like Jimmy held up his end of the bargain, the mm-hmm. store is doing better. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah. So Jimmy decides to take shit into his own hands. Right. Right. And he uh, kind of creates, creates a... Uh, a scenario. Uh, yeah, there you go. Creates a scenario where he could slip on the drumstick. While being filmed. <laughs> yeah. By the way, good bump. Whoever the stunt guy was that does that, I hope that's Bob Od- Odenkirk, but it's probably <laughs> a stunt guy. That's a pretty good bump Yeah, that guy took. Pretty hefty fall. 
Yeah. Well, I like to think Bob Odenkirk did that because uh, last year, Chuck, uh, Michael Bikin did the stunt where he fell on his head off the counter. Mm-hmm. And they explained that they had some sort of cable that would pull his head back. Mm-hmm. But he, but to make it work, he really had to throw himself towards the counter to make it work. Otherwise, it'd, it'd fuck up. Right. You know, so I'm kind of hoping that maybe Bob Odenkirk was like, ah, screw it. I'm just going to go for it. And, <laughs> and, and slipped really hard on the on the drumstick. I guess we'll never know. Yeah. But he pulls the classic, you know, slipping Jimmy, like, oh, you know, yep. like, I'm, I'm hurt. And it was a smart move having the camera guy film. Nobody really knew what was going on. He's yeah. like, hey, just film me, stand back here, film. Right. And everything occurs. You know, got to be, there's your leverage right there. It's all on film. Right. Which I would think if that ever went to any kind of a trial, mm-hmm. it'd be questionable. Like, why was the camera guy filming you at that point? Yeah. But then it's easy it to be like, because we were preparing to film. Right. And I went over there just to talk to them. And, uh, you know, we just happened to catch it on film. I didn't hear cameras up. <laughs> I didn't hear roll speed. <laughs> Kim's hanging out with Mesa Verde, Paige, and uh, Mr. Verde. Paige, Paige's, Paige's dad. dad. Paige's yeah. dad, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Over some Moscow mules. Yeah, man. Yeah, nice throwback. Have you ever had a Moscow mule? Um, I had a different kind of a mule because it was not apparently in a copper container. Mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of like there's a series of mule type really? things. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. I, does the, is I the could copper be making supposed to make up. it taste different? Is that yeah. what the deal is? Yeah. The is metal it? the metal you drink out of affects the taste of... Oh, I got you. You, drink. Okay. you ever drink orange juice out of aluminum can? No, you ever drink exactly. orange juice after you brush your teeth? <laughs> exactly. Ah, oh, so bad. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> oh. um, but <laughs> Yeah, Kevin says he may have a new client for Kim. It's a driller that's uh, having some issues with interstate mm-hmm. legalities or whatever. And he uses the phrase... I don't know whether to shit or wind my watch. Hmm. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to use that. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I've heard like shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't know what that means. Shit or wind his watch. I or don't no, know. He says that Gatwood doesn't know whether to shit or wind his watch. So mm. weird. Gotcha. But I'm Maybe it's just taking it two extremes, like two totally unrelated things just to illustrate the confusion of the individual. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Wish in one hand or shit in the other, see which one feels Yeah, probably first. similar to that, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Howard decides to horn in on the dinner, pulls a total power move. Kim, sit down. I insist. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. What a fucking asshole. Which like, we addressed in preview of the prior. You said this is the first time you really felt that Howard right. was being an actual dickish Right. Person. He's going out of his way to insert himself into a situation. It's, it's um. Totally, he's just trying to put himself in the heads of the Mesa Verde people, and he's also like trying to ex- exude some sort of power, right? By making her look like a chump, right? They're they're totally unimpressed, right? That's what I liked about it. They're over, yeah. They're completely over. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of see through thing. it. Like yeah. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to do damage control. Yeah. You're trying to get back into good graces. Mm-hmm. Your image is tarnished. Mm-hmm. You can fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. And he also makes it a point to call Kim his protege, right? Like, hey, I created this. And then he's, I like how he mentions the doc, doc review because mm-hmm. that was totally like punishing her. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Like because she's lower on the, to- you know, right. she started off at doc review, like, you know, some uh, peasant. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like some bullshit intern. Mm-hmm. Kim, uh, I like the way she handled it. Uh, she kind of excuses herself as she goes, writes a note, heads right back to Howard's table, and gives it right back. Yeah. You know, he, that's he's awesome. kind of stunned. He's like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, she's like, Howard, sit down. I insist. Like, so yeah. she like totally flips, flips it on him. Flips right? the script. Yeah. Uses flips his script. own power move back mm-hmm. on him. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, hands him what I thought was a note, but we find out. I knew it was a check. Did you? Yeah. I saw that she. It was she a checkbook. Opened, she opened up her checkbook, mm-hmm. but I, for some reason, when I was looking at it, I thought it might have been like one of the, like an old carbon copy, like on top of the checkbook. Ah. Uh, and that was the only scrap of paper that she might have had to write him a note. Uh, for some reason, uh, I usually have really good eyesight, and in my eyes, you know what I mean. Like yeah. that's, I guess that's just how I interpret it. I mean, it was right. obviously. No, I put I to pat myself on the back. Mm-hmm. No, I totally put together that it was a check, but the reason mm-hmm. didn't become clear until Howard had to explain it, mm-hmm. which uh, really pisses Howard off. Yeah. Well, then he turns in. This is what I thought was cool about the next part is that it's like the first episode where Jimmy walks in with a check, says, "What the hell is this?" Yeah. It's, oh, it's, good. He catch. totally. And he rips it up in front of her. Like it's the exact same interaction. Oh, look at you! All this right, has been going on this whole show. It's like point for Dave. Thank you, thank you. All these parallelisms. Right. They always, you know, yeah, invoke somebody from the from the previous episode. One to one, point for Dave. Well done. Well nice. done. Well done. Uh, Tyrantula Doug pointed out that uh, Kim did not tip the valet. No, mm. she did not. Mm. Stiffed him on the bill. Maybe it's misunderstood that it's complimentary. Maybe they have a sign that says free valet to patrons. Maybe she was just uh, too nervous about writing that huge check. Mm-hmm. And I like how they Which go we back. didn't even explain or get into, but the check was to pay off. Yeah, the check was to pay off for her schooling. I right. Guess, for, yeah. For so it must ed- have been a pretty large check. Yeah. <laughs> it must have been a, a pretty goddamn decent amount. Mm. I like how they go back and forth blaming each other for the situations that they're currently in. Yeah, I really like that interaction. They had a little bit of edge to them. There's a little bit of uh, tension. tension. Right, right? Yeah. Because Howard's thing is, uh, you caught, you you made me look like an asshole. Right. It's kind of uncalled for. Yeah. And she, her point is, well, you guys have been assholes the whole time. Right. And since Jimmy is like my client, you know, I protected my fucking client. Right. You know, it's not my fault that you guys are basically each one is saying it's not my fault that you guys are dicks. Right. Well, and it's also like, you know, he, I have to do damage control for what you did. Well, mm-hmm. I had to do what I do because what you did, you know, you covered mm-hmm. up for Chuck for all these years. That's your problem too. Right. You know, yeah. Throwing it back at each other. Chicken or the egg, right? Kind of like airing out some dirty laundry mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it was, it's good to see him like kind of butt heads. Right? Yeah. And get real in a more informal. Yeah. In a more informal um, setting. Setting, yep. Get to see Nacho. Yeah, Nacho in the do-it-yourself chemistry set. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the Bill Nye? Oh, my God. I was watching set? that the entire time, and like my knuckles were hurting because it was frustrating me so much. I would not have the patience. Looks so tedious. Oh, my God. A couple of things I did notice about it. First off, I, I liked the scene because it, it, was, it was very intense for the menial task that mm-hmm. was on screen. A uh, couple of things I noticed was those, like the glass bowl he was putting... Like the little dish. Uh-huh. My parents had like 50 of those growing up. I actually think they come from some sort of butter or like yeah. uh, Philadelphia cream cheese, like when people used to pack it stuff. And oh, yeah, yeah. My parents have a ton of those that we used to use as a kid, so it kind of made me uh, smile a little bit. And then I like <laughs> that he was uh, storing the pills in a Tic Tac container. Yeah, like a, do- a dual yeah. Tic Tac container. Yeah, kind of made me chuckle. Which I, I questioned at first. Yeah, I was like, why did he put them in a Tic Tac container? Just, Why didn't he put them in a pill bottle? Yeah, just easy carriage, I guess. We'll find out later. Um, That's right. Then he puts a coat on the back of the chair, and he starts practicing what we thought was going to be sleight of hand, but he was practicing, he's practicing tossing his, it in. He's, he's practicing his Steph Curry. Steph Curry? Yeah, his rainbow <laughs> shot. 
He's apparently there all night because his dad eventually comes in. And he plays it off as he's just getting ahead on the invoices. Mm-hmm. And his dad's like super proud of him because he's like, well, it's nice to see you're taking an interest in the business. Right. You know, which he is kinda, taking an interest in the business, right. but he's not going about it the way his dad thinks he is. Right. It yeah. just kind of drives the point home. Like Nacho really has a reverence for yeah. his dad and, his, and a respect for his dad's business. And, right. And that's always going to come before his activities with the Salamancas. Exactly. So it really drives home. Like now it's do or die because not, not only am I protected by dad's business, but my dad is genuinely impressed right. by me. Right. So it's like, like making the warm fuzzies even warm and fuzzier, which is just going to drive him. Be like, well, which wasn't I- it, it. Well, I wouldn't even want to say warm and fuzzies because the look on his face was like, what is that look? Sadness or like depressing with like bittersweet worried, you know, concern. Concern. There you go. Concern. Look on his face is concern mm-hmm. for his dad because he knows that if he doesn't do what he's about to do and succeed, mm-hmm. his dad's screwed. Yeah. 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 A lot of uh, a lot of mixed emotions going on. Nacho said. Yeah. Right. And it and it just kind of got ramped up. Right. Like the stakes just got way higher. Right. Nice to see Chuck at the grocery store. Yeah, he's getting out in public again. He's probably looks like his uh his he's probably at about a five right now. Mm-hmm. I like how he kept using descriptors to keep himself in check. Yeah, I was like, what is this preschool? <laughs> like he kept like, he kept freaking out. Blue car. Yeah. It's like exactly. a spin the wheel thing. But it must be something that works for him because you know, he, he was hesitant to it's go. It's a distraction. In. Yeah, you mm-hmm. occupy your mind with something mm-hmm. and then it keeps you distracted. It's like it might when, it's like when that, you have half a tooth in your mouth and you haven't had it pulled out yet, <laughs> and you've lost sleep for the last two days. <laughs> so you just think of things to distract your mind from it. Yeah. Also, I was thinking too. It's something he knows for certain, right? Right. Because I I still feel, especially with this conversation with the doctor, he's still on the fence. Yeah. Even though it appears that it's mental, because he even says, you know, to me it's very real. Right. Right. So he has this uncertainty about it, but it's also bringing him back down where. He's certain that that woman's sweater was purple. Right. He's certain that beyond the door was a doormat. Right. You with know, with so, so as, many things in question, he has to find right. things. So as his mind question. starts to wander, oh, there's an absolute, the bananas are yeah. yellow. Like that kind of thing. You know, it's, uh, it's like pulling them back. Like, right. As he starts to like wander, like he's pulling himself back. Yeah. Very, and very cool. I do have to say big ups to the uh, rotund extra that walked out as chuck was trying to get in uh you get to see on his face the whole time he's saying don't look at the camera don't look at the camera like doesn't awkward like walks out the door looks left and right the left and right the left and right like it is you could just see he was being like don't look at the camera don't look my, at my the guess camera. is this isn't his first take in here to look at the camera once. yeah <laughs> <laughs> chuck uh, apparently plans on buying soy milk and uh soys are not mammals <laughs> You cannot get it's <laughs> soys. just like all, soys plural. Yes, are not so, mammals. I understand. So their milk would be of no benefit to us, apparently, or but, or their offspring. <laughs> which is ironic because uh, do you remember we used to have? I think it was actually Idle Wild soy milk in our fridge in college. Our fridge? Yeah, our roommate was a health nut. Really? Yeah, remember? Yeah, our third or fourth roommates. He drink yeah. soy milk all the time. So I tried it once. Gross. Right? My wife is on this big almond milk kick. Mm, I hear that's that's what my girlfriend drinks. Yeah, gross. Yeah. Almonds also not mammals. Not mammals, man. Uh sit down if you haven't heard that before. I know that comes <laughs> as a shock to a lot of people. Now I you know, everybody just don't go crazy with what I'm telling you. I don't want this to get too political. Yeah. Right? I don't want it to get too political. How does one milk an almond or milk a exactly. soy anyway? Exactly. I mean the the teat on that thing has gotta be microscopic. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. It fucking it drives me insane because my wife is like, "Oh, well, you should give the baby milk." So I give the baby milk. She's like, "No, the other milk." Uh, there's no other milk. Pretty much what there is is pulverized almond that somebody like mixed with water. That's not fucking milk. That is not milk. By that, by that idea, then like uh, if you mixed a bunch of glue with water, that would be that would be like glue milk. Horse, I guess that'd be horse milk, horse right? Milk, yeah. <laughs> Which is a mammal. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, guess, uh, I guess you got me there. Oh. I had a, I had goat cheese the other day at an event that I was working. It was like wrapped in bacon, mm-hmm. and it still sucked. Yeah, <laughs> goat cheese. That's another one. You know, you know what aggravates me? If I if I could just have an aside here, um, we don't need goat cheese pizza. No, like it really aggravates me. My wife, love my wife dearly, but mm-hmm. we'll we'll go to a new pizza place, uh-huh. and uh, when I think of pizza, I think like crust, tomato sauce, cheese, and like toppings. Mm-hmm. These weird pizzas everybody's coming out with, where it's like goat cheese with Alfredo sauce, Ugh. Brussels sprouts, and bacon Ugh. with jalapenos. No, motherfucker, that is not a pizza. No, that's pizza, not a pizza. Right. It's, it, that's just like bread with a bunch of weird shit on top right. of it. <laughs> yeah. like, like, awesome, you brought me round bread with a salad on top of it. That's pretty goddamn sweet. Like, <laughs> you know what I'd like to try? Mm. Camel cheese. Camel cheese. Yeah, that's a mammal. Mm. Sounds gross. Camel milk. Camel cheese. <laughs> I would drink camel milk before I drink almond milk. I would like to try it. Yeah. I think any milk. Milk's milk, right? Not when it comes from an almond. <laughs> All right, we're at Kim's office. <laughs> Jimmy's rocking out. Well, Kim's working on the Gatwood oil documents, so she got the client mm-hmm. that Kevin was talking about. Yeah, which is we but thought that we we kind of glossed over it. We didn't really pay attention to it, but it turns out that's kind of influential to the plot. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, I think, I think her like. I wonder if this is the beginning of her taking on more than she can handle because remember. Like, Mesa Verde was supposed to be enough for her. Right, and she even told Kevin when he's like, I have another client, and she was all like, I told you guys you would be my only priority, mm-hmm. not even my first priority, my only priority. Mm-hmm. And he was giving her, like, well, I think you can handle this. Yeah. You're a badass. You know, Ken Wexler, you know. Right. And then, uh, so she does take on the client. Mm-hmm. And so I'm starting to wonder if maybe she doesn't or isn't around later because she's blowing up and just becomes super successful. Yeah. Legitimately. Well, if she's if she's getting... Yeah. A lot of big name clients, maybe later on down the road, she just can't handle Jimmy's shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? She doesn't, she doesn't want have time for it anymore. Because she sees it. She right. sees what he does to people. Uh huh. You know, as evidence, her reactions last episode right. to some of the things he was saying. Yeah. Right. She sees the writing on the wall. Absolutely. Right. So at some point, it would make sense. Maybe. Who knows? But maybe she just has to make that decision. Like, yeah. you know, my life's work. Maybe she has to shit or wind her watch. I'll give you a point for that. Two Dave, one Brian. Two Dave, one Brian. Jimmy's laying on the floor because he, he apparently legitimately hurt himself. Okay. Playing the guitar. He legitimately hurt here's himself. Where, here's where musician Dave comes in. Okay, go. Okay. He's playing Smoke on the Water, mm-hmm. but he's not even close. No? No. No. And, and for, my first thought was like, you know, movies do this. Wayne's World. Mm-hmm. Okay, when the when the when he goes to play Stairway and gets shut down, he's not even close to actual Stairway. Mm-hmm. And I think the director even explained like he couldn't play the right notes because they couldn't afford for mm-hmm. him to play Stairway. Mm-hmm. But they've already played Smoke on the Water on the show, so it mm-hmm. wasn't like a licensing thing. So they already paid for it, right? So I was right. thinking like, maybe they didn't pay for it, so that's why he's not even close. And I was like, no, I think Jimmy just sucks at guitar. 
<laughs> he's trying to play it by ear mm-hmm. and it's wrong and it continues the entire scene mm-hmm. all the way through the end he's playing that god so my musical sensibility is not offended because i'm just like no that's not right no it's an inverted power chord for one mm-hmm. and he's way off he's in the wrong key should he use a caper <laughs> capo <laughs> whatever <laughs> i don't play an instrument a caper now jimmy would go on a caper mm, yes he would mm. i was a little confused about the status of the relationship because jimmy was Kind of a dick, right? Because he's like, hey, uh, you know, here's an envelope that should cover you for six weeks. But he was like really short. He wasn't nice about it. Like, it wasn't like he was like. I think he was trying to be matter of fact about it to get her to accept it and move on and not question him too much. You think so? I don't yeah, know. I think he was trying to keep weird. it brief. It just seemed weird that it wasn't like. Hey, I didn't Kim, pick up like, on that. I didn't think he was being a dick. See, I think he was kind of being a little bit of an asshole. Like, because no. he was just like, hey, you know, like he could have been like, hey, Kim, guess what? Yeah, awesome. Like, hey, look, I have like six weeks worth of pay. But he was just like, nope, here's six weeks. I think he was just being matter of fact. He's in pain. He's trying also trying to act. Mm-hmm. Is he really in pain or is he acting? I don't know. I, I think he legitimately hurt himself by slipping on the. You think so? I think. I think, I think he, made he it took real? the bump. He took the bumps. So, like, when he said no ambulance and trying to get up and said, yeah, you might want to call an ambulance, you think that was real? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. I mean, I I just think he... Haven't you ever done the thing where, like, you pantomime punching, like, a wall or something, and you mean to pull it back, but you accidentally punch the wall? Like, the big hole in the wall? I don't know. There's this hole right by my shoulder. I might might have experienced the situation at some point. I'm just saying, like, that probably wasn't his intent, but he... It seems to me that he really hurt himself. Kind okay. of like, uh, well, that bit me in the ass kind of thing. Yeah. Which or, makes or sense. Or he just went all out and did hurt himself for the legitimacy of it. Well, maybe, but yeah. he's also not as young as he was when he was slipping Jimmy. So, right. You know, time, also true. Yeah. Time takes his toll, right? Yeah. I mean, look at the twins. They actually threw themselves on moving cars. <laughs> exactly. You know? But they're they're young and spry. They exactly. Can, you know. Uh, Kim. Shows that she's wife material, man, because she she's like, dude, um, whatever you're doing, you kind of really don't have to work yourself like this. Yeah, I I, I got I got your back. I can't so, do it long term, and but. that's why I think maybe some of the being short was playing that up. Mm. And but he doesn't want her to be like that. He mm. wants to hold his own. He wants to carry his weight. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to put burdens on her because he knows that his grasp on her is very tenuous. Mm. So he has to, you know, he's trying yeah. to keep her around. And I think Jimmy like showed his cards. Even when, especially when he said, like, you believe me, right? He didn't have to say that. She right, already, exactly. She'd already swallowed the hook. Yeah, we watched it together, remember? And I yeah. made a weird noise, and my notes are, bullshit, why do you even say that? Why do you yeah. bring that up? Because that's a classic movie thing. Like, I kind of, like, roll my eyes at it, because that's one of those things where, yeah, he's showing his hand. Like, he didn't have to say that. It's actually a bad thing that he said that, because right. it makes him look guiltier. Right, like, he's trying yeah. to instill... Right. You know, he's trying to like seal the deal and yeah. it just keeps selling. Right. When, yeah. you, when you're selling after you've already made the sale. Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, just shut up. It just seemed really unnatural. Yes. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This next part, I was kind of confused. They'll cancel the courier. She tells uh, Brenda, cancel the courier. I got to, I got to get and get Billy Gatwood on the phone. Because, well, but then she talked to Billy Gatwood and she mentions that. She believes he can. She she states that she was going to refer him mm-hmm. to another attorney. Right. So the courier was going to take, take the, the papers file, yeah. to another attorney. So something about her rea- interaction with Jimmy mm-hmm. makes her decide to keep the case. I think she's 
trying to solidify her future at that point. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's what I would take it as is that it's kind of tenuous right now with uh-huh. him because in my mind, he was a dick with the money. Uh-huh. Right? He's obviously not being honest about the whole guitar thing. Like, because she's even like, well, how did you hurt yourself? So maybe he had her, maybe that's what it was. He had her up until the point when he said, you believe me, right? Right. And then she goes, oh, shit. Yeah, he inadvertently. You just tried too hard. He, yeah, he, he yeah. inadvertently planted the seeds of doubt. Right. And then, you know, her her mind is going, and she's like, well, the best way to solidify my future is take on more clients. And uh, right. that way, if things go wayside with him, I have something to fall back on. You know what I mean? She's, she's by taking on more work, she isn't anchored as much to him. Right. I just got confused because she had already been offering, like said, I'm going to be good for a while. The way things are going, I can, I can float us. Mm-hmm. And then after the interaction with him, then she decides to take on more work. Right. And she already thought without that work, she could float him. Mm-hmm. But now she wants even more right security right yeah I'd, I'd agree with that yeah and it could work both ways i mean i guess if you really wanted to kind of i guess play too many mind games with it you could say well she took on more because she you know jimmy's hurt and she knows that she'll need the extra money to support them because he's hurt right so he might not be able to work so much but i don't think that's, that's another going. possible angle though that's possible i don't want to rule it, that it's out possible but i i think her angle is uh, this guy's not headed to a good place, and if he doesn't turn the ship around, it's going to crash into the iceberg. Right. So uh, maybe a good way to insure myself against that is to make sure that I have work right. to keep myself going when he goes under. Yeah. Right? That's, that's how I saw that. Okay. Yeah. Howard and Chuck meet in front of Chuck's house. Uh, Howard seems genuinely happy for Chuck. Yeah, I think, well, there, I... I He's like, he got groceries. This goes back to the whole, like, Howard's always deferring to Chuck. He's always looking out for Chuck. There's, mm-hmm. there's genuine care and concern there. He brought over the yeah, uh, the 35-year-old bottle of wine that they toasted to. <laughs> yeah, wine, yeah. <laughs> he really should have got him scotch. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think, I think think Howard's interaction with Chuck is always genuine. Mm-hmm. You know, he's told Kim he's been doing damage control yeah. this whole time. Yeah. You know, so maybe it's not just out of concern for HHM. I think it's both. Mm-hmm. But it does come up. He needs to chat with Chuck about the malpractice insurance. Yeah, I like. I I actually kind of liked that. It's a little tiny scene, but mm-hmm. that's it's just to plant that in your brain because that's gonna. I think that's probably gonna be a big deal. Yep. This may set Chuck back. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that might be where that because he's going so positive. He needs to come down a peg or two again. The doctor already took him down a peg or two. Right, right. But now it's like the ladder rungs are gonna start busting on him. <laughs> okay. Cut to Nacho scaling a wall. It turns out it's uh, the Winking Greek. Climbing that dumpster. Mm-hmm. Creates a Freon leak. Punctures the uh, the Freon tubes in the in the AC on the roof. Why do you think he did that? Air conditioner can't run without Freon, man. Why does he need to kill the air conditioner? Because he's trying to... I, I assumed it was because he was going... That was going to stress... Stress Hector was out to stress Hector out, so he might need to take his pills faster than he thought. And yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it was to stress him out, and also, um, well, at first I kind of thought like, oh, to keep people out of the restaurant, but obviously they're making the drops when people aren't in the restaurant because right. it'd be impossible to have a functioning restaurant. Yeah, you know what I mean. I I think it had something to do with just making it as uncomfortable as possible for Hector. But what about the fan slowing down? Then they they, show, they showed a video of the ceiling fan not spinning. 
No, I don't recall that. I I just remember I thought the fan was spinning and it was just showing that very the air slowly. Yeah, that the air conditioner was out and it's miserable because the only airflow that they have is the slow moving fan. Okay. Like it's setting up that it's like hot and gross. Yeah. Especially with that guy in the background preparing food and shit. Right. Right. It's just hot and gross in there. Hmm. And remember last time Hector was under stress, he flipped out and flipped the table and all That's that. That's right. Yeah. So he's stressing him out. So I think what he's doing is trying to hedge his bets, so to speak, like mm-hmm. create the most intense environment he can to try to force a reaction. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually agree. I just wanted to quiz mm-hmm. you. Yep. Not just collecting money from Crazy 8. What do we call him? He's not quite Crazy 8 yet. He's more like mentally unstable 8. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like socially anxious 8. Yeah. <laughs> and he looks beat up. Yeah. He's still, he's still pretty marked up from like, the uh, the last interaction, so he obviously made sure all the money was there this time. Mm-hmm. Got his ass whooped. Yeah. Um, and then and he gives, uh, Hector gives him the cold shoulder. Yeah. You know. Crazy 8 leaves. Nacho Fane's finding a counterfeit bill. This is where I dropped a reference you don't get because I was all fifty dollar bill. Yeah, I don't get fifty dollar bill. What is that from? It's from the Goonies, man. They find the machine that prints off fake fifty dollar bills. Sorry, I suck. I've and never Data seen... starts getting all excited. Fifty dollar bill, and they uh, think it's real, but it's they're all counterfeit fifties. Sorry, never seen the Goonies. Oh, you're a bad person. What can I say? I suck. <laughs> <laughs> never seen Star Wars. Never seen Lord of the Rings. Never seen Harry Potter. I've seen some of those, but not all of them. Today mm. was Star Wars Day, actually, downtown Joliet. Oh. It's the anniversary. This weekend's the anniversary of the release of the first one. Mm. He shows it to Hector, and uh, Hector's like, no, nah, it's, yeah, looks good to me, or whatever he says. Um, I like how he drops the money, and Hector's just super crotchety, and it's just like, yeah. like, rolls his eyes, like, fuck. But the nervousness is genuine. Like, the mm. money was dropped was planned, but we we really noted the nervousness Mm-hmm. And Nacho is showing this entire scene. Mm-hmm. He's really out of his element. Right. For as much crime as he does, he's really out of his element. Well, because it's literally do or die. Though, yeah. Because the stakes are so high. Because right. if he fucks this up, yeah. not only could he... he Because he, like, he's in such a... Like, fucks this up, gets killed. Right. His dad now has to deal with his dead son. That's right. Right? Yeah. If the pills don't work, he now puts his dad's business in a bad position. Right? right? So is, every everything is writing on this. Yeah. This is a mom spaghetti moment. Mm-hmm. One chance, one right. shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Grabs the pills, he puts them in his waistband, and at first it's like, why the fuck would you put them in the waistband instead of your pocket? Right. Like that seems like a risky move that they could slide down and roll out of your pants. Maybe it's for the so it doesn't shake or something because you know pills make noise. Well, it's because easy access mm. is what it turned out to be because he he goes um he started that other guy comes in he tells him basically shut the fuck up counts his money tells him he's good grabs the pills from the bag, and when he's switching the pills in his lap, mm. instead of, like, doing this whole thing, like, you're grabbing your wallet yeah, out of your pants where you sit down, it's right more sneaky. in his wristband, or his waistband, so that was pretty, that was pretty good, but at first I was like, why the waistband? That's a dumb move, but it turns out it's actually a really smart move. And this is what got me. I didn't, I didn't think that they would go this route. I thought he would find, like, a comparable bottle. I didn't think about the fact that he would want to keep the bottle consistent that's why he's using the two tic-tac containers because mm-hmm. he dumps them into the empty one then he takes them out of the other one mm-hmm. but it just seems like it's a little more complicated than i would have thought mm-hmm. you know i would just would have switched bottles yeah instead of emptying the bottle putting all pills in because now after whatever happens is going to happen if hector takes the pill he's going to have to replace all the pills in the bottle mm-hmm. again 
Right. So that may be what I would have done. Tricky. What I would have done, and I wrote this down here, is um, I just would have put one pill in the bottle and then just waited, waited it out. Why wouldn't that have worked? That would have worked. But I think he's he feels a sense of urgency about this. I think it has to happen today. Right. So he he wants to yeah. guarantee that not only is he going to take one, but perhaps multiple. Right. Of these. And but I think it's just to guarantee that the next pill he takes is going to be gotcha the one. Gotcha. Yeah, he wants it done now. He, All right. That's fair. That's why he's so nervous, and that's why he's immediately doing it. And. That's yeah. right. All right, cool. I, I guess I didn't think of that, but all right. He's, playing, he's playing the short game on this one. I don't know why your air conditioner just came back on. Okay, so if everybody that doesn't see what just happened, because obviously you don't, Dave has one remote in this room, and it somehow it's the turned, TV remote. It's the TV remote, and it somehow turned off an air conditioner that's obviously like 15 years old, and at the same time turned down the volume to his TV. And now I have I did not know remotes work like that. No, uh, okay. Let me let me explain this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's obviously remotes run on radio frequencies, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So obviously the remote for this air conditioner has a few bands of frequencies that are similar to the remote from my television. Mm-hmm. It's the channel. It's the nine button. Mm-hmm. The nine button powers on and off the air conditioner. So mm-hmm. if I hit nine to turn off the air conditioner. It says to change my TV to channel nine, which I don't want to do. So I hit the volume button so it doesn't switch over to channel nine. See, as I'll show you, nine. It's going to change channel nine unless I do that. Now it won't change channels. Hmm. Because if I forget, I'm going to go ahead and give you four points for that. Now it changes to channel nine. All right, I'm going to go ahead and give Dave four points for figuring out that the nine button on his TV remote. Turns on and off the air conditioner from 15 years ago in his window. Also, the volume down button makes it beep but doesn't do anything. Mm. There's also I, uh, another button that changes modes. Oh, the power button for the TV changes the mode. Tell me when it's on the second one from the top. There. I, uh, I'm i kind of really impressed right now. <laughs> on a side note, how long did that take you to figure out? It was just an accident back when we did have cable. Mm-hmm. I was going to channel nine and it turned off the. And it was like a no shit moment. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. But I, I've had this experience before mm-hmm. where remotes, you know, might cross over and, and work on something else. Mm. It's just radio frequencies. Okay. All right. All That's impressive. how universal remotes work. Sometimes you're just cycling through radio frequencies until you pick the right one that works for your TV. Then you hit set. All right. Impressive. Impressive. Science. Science. Nacho again walks by Hector. <laughs> Back to what we were talking about. Nacho again walks by Hector, and he he makes the swish, man. That's right. This is like Jordan at the end of the Utah mm-hmm. game. Yeah, you know, one shot for the win. Which do you think he would have had to do that? I mean, I don't think he should have dropped the money again. But Hector seemed like he was pretty preoccupied. Pretty because it's not like. Nacho was all that inconspicuous when picking up the money and stuff. Yeah. You know what I and mean? you even said, what if the cook sees him? Yeah. You know, because there was a witness, a potential witness behind him. Maybe that's why he had to just kind of throw it. Like he had to make, he didn't want to make any extra movements to draw attention to what he's doing because he might, right. Because it might be like, why is he bent down again? Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. The cook could be like, Hector, man, you know, Nacho puts something in your pocket. Mm. <laughs> and I, you know, I don't trust that guy, you know, whatever. <laughs> Nachos are dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, I, cool. I, I like the, I made the note because, yeah, he's like, Hector, you want an espresso? 
Mm-hmm. So when he goes in the back to get in the espresso, he's super relieved, but he's only halfway there. Yeah. Okay. Not bad. Yeah. Back to Jimmy picking up garbage. Kid doing his community service. Mm-hmm. Crazy hair dude uh, wants to leave. The supervisor's kind of... I man, you know what? Okay, I don't want to say he's taking a power trip because supervisor guy is just kind of doing his job. Yeah, that wouldn't be fair. Right. That wouldn't be fair to this completely fictional person that we're talking about to say that he was <laughs> on a power trip. No, but so, I, he he's dealing with criminals. He's dealing with people that are constantly pulling things over on people. So he has to be assertive. Yeah, he doesn't I, want to let these people get away with anything. Yeah, so I'd say that's a pretty realistic depiction of somebody in that position. I think so. I don't think his Jimmy's talk about is too realistic though. You don't think it's what? When he convinces him to let him go. Okay, well, let's get to that, right? Yeah. So Jimmy Jimmy talks to the crazy hair dude and basically says, I can get you out of today's work and you'll get to keep all your hours. Right. Right. Pulling another scam. Yeah, for $700. For $700. How do you know that he had $2,000 in his sock? Because he's Jimmy. Yeah. He's just astute. Maybe nowhere. maybe it really wasn't 2000 Maybe he just knew that the guy would have money in a sock. Maybe they get padded down or something. I don't know. I think maybe it's just one of those things like he might have just seen it. He, he He's mm-hmm. that observant. Mm-hmm. You know, he like, knows people. He's savvy. Gotcha. He's savvy okay. enough to know. Okay. Because then he calls him a mug mealer. Yeah, mug mealer. <laughs> <laughs> Which means that he's like uh, smashes grain inside a coffee mug. <laughs> smashes grain inside a coffee. Like a corn mealer. Yeah, like a yeah. corn mealer. Right. Mug mealer. Right, I was trying to make an almond milk joke out of uh, that. Like maybe he's trying to make some milk out of maybe it. He's trying to make some almond milk. <laughs> Fucking almond milk. Okay, so Jimmy's big plan is pretty much to strong arm the to supervisor. Well, I don't say strong arm; it's to, to threaten him. Yeah, pretty much. He's gonna use. It, it's like the classic when people say it's impossible to sue big corporations because they'll just draw out. Right the lawsuit yeah. and basically take all your money and time when they still have the resources mm-hmm. to keep going. Mm-hmm. And eventually it's like attrition, right? Like eventually right. You're, you're like you're out of men. Just wear you out. Yep. You're done. Like, yeah. See you later. Exactly. It's pretty much what he threatens them with. Yeah. Which I, I honestly, like I'm not really a big fan of this. It's, it's kind of tropey mm-hmm. and I don't know. The guy just kind of turns from like he's in charge to a sucker. And he starts to like believe him, and he starts to get all that like, oh really? You know, maybe this isn't such a good idea. Oh yeah, is that myself? Oh, you talked me out of it. Okay, I guess you're right. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that the the guy would be like, cause bluff. Yeah, say yeah. Well, make it happen. Yeah, right? go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. But no, you, you know how many times that guy's probably been threatened to be sued. Right. Never. Never. Not once. Because <laughs> <laughs> these people are all being punished. You know, because even like the whole time, everybody else is like kind of mad at Jimmy for reading the contract all the way through, which turns out to be important. Maybe that was a big thing. Yeah. He, he he actually read the whole agreement. Yeah, because then he, he says, like, oh, I made an agreement with the city. I didn't make an agreement with ah, you. Yeah. You okay. Know? Okay. So, I mean, he definitely lawyers up and gets all legalese on him, mm-hmm. but I still think it's kind of... Or there might have been more resistance to it. Yeah. But it might have been one of those things where the guy was like, all right, he has a point and he is a lawyer. Right. Uh, Maybe this guy should go see a sick kid. Yeah, or uh, fucking. Do you think he was really a sick kid, or do you think maybe that guy is a member of the crew over on Fifth that uh, Carlos was talking about when he paid off? (laughs) I don't know. That's awesome, though. That would be great if that came through. Yeah, I'll give you three points for that. I'll give myself a point for that. (laughs) (laughs) Dave's running away with this. 
running away with it points wise. But all right, yeah, good idea. Okay, so he's part of the crew on fifth. Right. Which is the name of my new '80s uh, alt wave rock band, uh, Crew on Fifth. <laughs> crew on Fifth. Crew on Fifth. It's gonna be pretty. It's my new barbershop quartet, <laughs> but with like a like a like synthesizers in our voice. Actually, a rock band is better because when you play a power chord, it's actually called a fifth chord. Mm. Mm, so the Crew on Fifth. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Good call. Good call. Good call. I don't nice. need a point for that one. I'm already winning. Yeah, but Jimmy, uh, hey, seven hundred bucks. I was also kind of hoping the criminal would stiff him. Yeah. Like, he Just didn't take, really have money in his well, <laughs> The way he reacted, he knew he really had the money in his side. Yeah. Yeah, but it would have been cool if he would have stiffed him. Just be like, all right, sucker, and just takes off. Yeah, maybe it's that whole, like, uh, you know, game-recognized game, son. That's you know, right. Honor among thieves and such. He's just so relieved. Seth, best 700 bucks I ever spent. I don't know if a couple hours off of work is worth 700 bucks and the best 700 bucks I've ever uh, spent. Maybe it is if his kid's really sick. It might be. That's what makes you think that maybe his kid really is sick. You know, and if, I mean, if you have high volume and you're making a lot of uh, money as a right. drug dealer, you know, $700 might be worth it to you to pay some guy to get you out of community service. So That's you can right. You're a sick kid. That's right. A criminal. And I must note the King Douche Nozzle quote because uh, <laughs> Douche Nozzle is one of my favorite insults. Perhaps the crazy yeah. hair guy is a criminal with a heart of gold. That's right. Mm. Maybe. Touching. Mm. Touching. Soft spot. <laughs> We're at the last scene. Mike is making a withdrawal at the floorboard bank. <laughs> I did like how he had the uh, the vacuum sealed stacks of bills. Right. You know, because you want to keep them fresh. That's right. You don't want to fry. You don't want floorboards can get moldy, man. Mm -hmm, Crawl spaces yeah. are uh, they're just the you know. You don't want closet rot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> want to keep them fresh. Maybe you ran out of mothballs. Maybe he did. <laughs> Then he, heads, then he heads over to Los Poyos Hermanos to set up a retirement account with Gus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Talk about laundering money. <laughs> From the bank of the floorboard through the Gus IRA program. Mm -hmm. That's right. But yeah, I didn't even think about that. How he's got all this cash that his family can't see. Yeah. Because it's all what? It's all traceable. Mm hmm. It needs to be laundered. Yeah. They come to some sort of agreement. Yeah, and Mike's looking for a one-time arrangement. Mm -hmm. I don't think Mike's going to get that one-time arrangement. Any idea what that might be? Um, no, actually, I don't. Not specifically. Yeah, I guess that's something we'll probably see in one of the next. Two. Yeah, I think that was the whole point. It's it, it's, it's setting it's up vague. there. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. At first, when they were talking about that, I I thought maybe I had somehow missed a line there. You know, like, didn't hear a line as to what the agreement is, but yes. Uh, no, it's, it's vague because he says, I want a paper transaction. And then Gus says, well, I was thinking something with a little more difficulty. And then Mike says. Well, they shake hands after they, that. They shake hands. Oh, and then Mike and Mike says, well, like, difficulty is the difficulty worth 20%, which is $40,000. Mm-hmm. And Gus says, well, I don't want to take money from your family, mm -hmm. which I don't think that's really what he means. I think he really means I want you to work for me mm -hmm. and work off that 20%. Mm -hmm. and, and they shake hands. And they shake hands. Right. Roll so cards. I guess what confused me and why I thought I missed a line is because they shake hands. Right. Right. They went from talking vaguely to shaking hands. So yeah, I guess that's the, kind of, that's definitely a TV thing because right. you're, you're not going to be like, hey, I'll give you something. Yeah. Let's shake on it. You know? Right. So yeah, or I guess the handshake is more so an agreement to work together than it is right. regarding the specifics of the actual plan. Right. right. Or they did do the specifics, and it's just off 
camera and they just mm-hmm. showed the handshake. But no, I think it's like we're in business. We're now in bed together. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. And that wraps episode 308. So next week should be really good, Dave. 309, the the penult penultopolit. Penult Yeah, I think I honestly think Penal- Hector's gonna penultimate. Penopol- penultimate. Penultimate. I think uh, I think Hector's gonna take the pill. Mm-hmm. I think that's really gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I think you're gonna see what Mike and uh Gus hands shook about. Yeah. I think that uh Jimmy and Kim are gonna have a little interaction. Mm-hmm. And I think Chuck's getting taken down a peg or two. Well, it definitely has all the, you know, the penultimate penultimate episode tends to be the crazy one for the season, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, everything is there. All, all the all, all signs point to yes. Yeah, every everything is ready to explode. And then, of course, we'll have like the really slow <laughs> tenth episode <laughs> of uh, the season. But only two more left. Yeah, craziness. Can't wait. Craziness. Cannot wait. I want to see how this all resolves. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very, very into this show. Mm-hmm. Still, it's still. I think it's still great. Yep. And uh, so these plot lines are moving. Yeah. So those of you out there, YouTubers, uh, TV timers, Facebookers, Twitterers, make <laughs> uh, make sure to let us know what you think is going to happen in episode 309. We're going to try if if we get a lot of good ones. You know, we'll do like an extra long preview of the prior especially now since we have listener correspondence jingle right made by dave tom alex hoffer and his friends and, and ellis wright i gotta throw and, that in there he played the saxophone on Alice Wright on the saxophone he's in my band so produced at third city sound third city sound in Juliet, illinois that's right we need like an endorsement bell like ding <laughs> but um yeah man so this should be the episode right like every everything the the clouds are swirling mm-hmm Right, the tornado's about to hit. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know there are a lot of you out there uh, listening. So I expect a lot of theories and ideas for this week's preview with the prior. That yeah. is your homework assignment. Is I want everyone out there <laughs> to send us something <laughs> via Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, that'd be great. I know it'd be a lot to sift through, but I I will be more than happy. Yeah, and I'll try and interact because I've been checking Twitter a lot lately and not seeing a whole lot of interaction. Well, we kind of had like a slow week. Yeah. But. Holiday week. Holiday week for us here in the U.S. But some, now summer is unofficially kicked off. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, with and then we have two weeks left. Yep. Two more episodes. So let's make it a good, uh, good two weeks together. We got this, guys. We're almost through another season. Pretty sure it's probably going to be picked up for season and, four. And we'll make you a deal if you guys interact with us for the next two weeks. We'll get some more interviews for you in the off season. That's up. Yep. That's that's definitely a deal we could definitely make. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, please make sure to uh, give us some of those rankings on iTunes. Give us those five star reviews. Share with your friend. Be a buddy. Subscribe to our Nothing Important podcast. We're gonna probably ramp up another uh, bunch of weeks of really kick ass episodes. We've mm-hmm. kind of uh, had a, every year we get so busy that it kind of like slows down a little bit on the nothing important side because yeah, we're so busy with the saw good man and preview with the prior. And then that motivates us to kind of step up our game when we finally do get back into nothing important mm-hmm. and get into the groove yep. and we have some more ideas. Right. We started the year super goddamn strong with a bunch mm-hmm. of really kick ass interviews. Rick Astley, Michael McKean, Mike Rowe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a list. Uh, all this week I'm going to be reaching out to people's agents. Uh, people's publicists and get a lot of really kick-ass and interesting people on nothing important so please make sure that you subscribe to that and make sure you share that with your friends as well 
Also, I have it on pretty good authority, even though it's probably all over the internet, but I haven't checked. But I have it on pretty good authority that season three of Rick and Morty is going to start in July. So that's nice. that's not too far away. Uh, I have contacts with uh, some people that are related to the show, and they're kind of pointing towards that. Again, if it's all over the internet, I don't feel so special, but <laughs> I'm just letting you know. So Rick and Morty, an awesome show. Support us by uh, checking out that show. It's called A Plumus Among Us. It's uh, available Oh man, Stitcher, Podcast Detroit, everywhere, everywhere, TV time, anywhere we put any of our podcasts, it's available. It's our new project. It's doing well. And uh, we need your guys' help out there. I know there's got to be at least a few hundred of you guys out there who watch Rick and Morty that also watch Better Call Saul. Please subscribe to that. Please give us reviews on that. Uh, it actually helps us out more than you'll know. Um, make sure to keep commenting. Make sure to keep watching with us. And uh, make sure to keep being awesome. And again, on a on a sad note, um, we kind of touched on this during the preview with the Pride with no episode appears again. There's been some trouble in London tonight, and uh, just stay safe out there. And we'll talk to you next week, Dave. Call us idiots, call us geniuses, whatever it's called. Hey, hey, it's all good, man.